Welcome to Who's Talking. This is D.G. Martin. My guest today is uh, Chapel Hills and Carolina Meadows, Vince Tollers. Dr. Tollers is a retired, distinguished professor of English at SUNY College at Brockport, New York, and at many other places where you were, where they were privileged to have you as, as a professor. I've asked uh, Dr. Tollers to um, review some of the things that he told me in a, in a church group meeting about humor in the Bible. So, Dr. Tollers, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's glad to uh, be here and to have a chance to think about and talk about what uh, is an unusual topic. That is, humor in the Bible is something we usually generally don't think about. And um, why not? Well, we decide uh, we don't think of the Bible as a joke book. Well, well, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. We uh, most everybody remembers the great line Jesus wept. Well, there isn't one line Jesus laughed. And so when we look uh, both at the uh, uh, the Old Testament, as as Christians would call it, and New Testament, uh, we find that. There is a real fine line between um, laughter and humor, and so when we look at at the uh, the Bible, first of all, when we go back and think about how the Bible was considered um, back in the fifteenth, uh, sixteenth century, the time of Shakespeare, and in those years, um, the the people who wrote about the Bible were mainly interested in the language, interested in uh, the Greek and the Roman translations of the Bible. And uh, we had these wonderful Bibles, of course, the King James Version, which uh, came out uh, 1611, um, kind of defined what the Bible was. And, and no one really looked at the Bible in terms of the content or the, uh, the, the people as living people. And uh, we started in the 19th century, uh, particularly with the Germans, uh, looking at the historical Jesus, and it really took until the last few years, the last 15 or 20 years, to begin to look at the Bible as something like a piece of literature, a, uh, using the same tools and, and um, approaches that a... Um, someone teaching English, as I did, um, could look at the Bible and get a lot more out of it by examining it in different ways. And, and uh, especially in the last uh, 20, 25 years or so, we began to look at Jesus as a human being. And so the study of what Jesus really said, as opposed to what was attributed to him, has generated a whole lot of study and interest. And, and so my focus uh, is on what is humor and, and, uh, that, and what was kind of a humor of, of um, uh, Jesus and how he uh, conveyed his very profound thoughts in humorous ways. Well, now you, you introduced. You said we've we've got Jesus wept as a verse in the Bible, but there's no Jesus laughed. laughed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, where do you, where where do you find humor in Jesus's ministry? Well, uh, if we look at him, and and uh, we can explore this um, in greater depth uh, in a moment. 
But if we look at him personally, uh, uh, some of the things that um, maybe I'd like to say Jesus smiled a lot. Uh, come on to me, little children, or Nicodemus, come out of that tree. Uh, and uh, there must have been a tremendous amount of humor that was associated with the Bible uh, and with Jesus that never really gets recorded. Uh, we become so interested in the, uh, the deep philosophical thoughts and religious thoughts he had, we forget about how he conveyed these thoughts, that uh, he conveyed them to normal people who had a, a very broad, um, generally rural, and and uh, kind of a conf uh, conflicted understanding. Let me explain this. By conflicted, I mean um, uh, many people in um, ancient times uh, surrounding the life of Jesus were rural people. I mean, we, we look at today at, at the, uh, the nativity story, and it's simple people and doing common things. Uh, and when we, by this I mean they were rural, they were farmers, it was also a, a very urban world. But I think what we forget in the Bible is how sophisticated it is as a written document. We look at the expressions, how sharply they're honed and um, how memorable they are, um, the way they're expressed, the rhetoric, if you will, of, of the Bible. And in these ideas, uh, couched in these ideas, is the, the approach of, of uh, appealing to people as uh, ordinary people who look around them and can say, well, what, uh, what does Jesus mean? And so when he uh, talks about the simplicity of children, uh, he's, he's not talking about adults uh, returning to their, their childhood, but uh, receiving uh, God's message, God's world, in a childlike way. And so uh, people can look around and say, ah, there's these, these uh, many children around here. Or when we look at the, uh, the story of the fishes and the loaves, uh, everybody, of course, ate, and uh, the diet was probably fairly simple. And uh, being uh, close to uh, both the uh, Mediterranean and, and uh, uh, lakes and rivers in the area, uh, fish was a very common part of the diet. So, so Jesus didn't talk about uh, eating uh, uh, elephants or lions or anything. He says, uh, fish. And, and what is more simple than the fishes and loaves story of um, how uh, this multiplied, uh, many people would think, because of the generosity of the people. And so the humor is caught in the sense of what, um, what people could understand, and he talked to them in, in a way that was understandable. And this is, in a large part, um, the story of both the Old and the New Testament, using the language 
and the and the experiences of the people to convey uh, to, to to convey to them through humor the things. Um, so, um, well, let me let me interrupt you just for a second. You you um, talk about Jesus and his humor. One of the illustrations I've heard you talk about that I had never thought of as being in any sense humor, and that was when Jesus turned the water into wine. Oh, yes. Yeah, what, yeah. And so there was a, a tr- um, very often he will use situations, uh, and um, many of which we don't understand because of our cultural differences. That is, uh, in the uh, the marriage of Cana story told in uh, by in the Gospel of John, uh, the, the first miracle of Jesus, uh, after the wedding guest uh, had 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 a uh, likely a full and lively party, Jesus comes along, and when they say, "Oh, we're we're out of wine," so he says, "All right, uh, uh, bring these ewers over to me, and I will convert uh, water into wine." Well. What the ewers are, each one of them could hold 20 to 30 gallons of water, which is turning the water into wine, and he converts that into wine, and there's six ewers. So does that mean he makes 120 gallons of wine or 180 gallons of wine um, uh, for a party that has already been going on a long time? And so the so are we supposed to laugh at that? Yeah. So so I mean he uh, and so the joke, if you will, uh, the humor is in uh, the situation. Um, the um, moving over to the um, the Old Testament, uh, the story of of uh, Esther and Mordecai uh, again is caught in uh, things we don't know. Uh, the uh, uh, a cubit, for example, uh, when uh, Mordecai um, and, uh, puts his his arch enemy uh, uh, on the the gallows, the gallows is is uh, ninety cubits high, as I recall. Maybe it's fifty cubits, and and the uh, and a cubit is eighteen inches, so. If you think of the gallows as 75, 80 feet, whatever it was, that's a huge height to hang somebody from. And so, so the, um, there is a lot of humor that we, we now, lose. Now, why is that funny? Well, it's, it's funny by uh, what we call hyperbole or exaggeration. And, and the Bible is full of exaggeration uh, very deliberately to make the point. Um, and and so um, maybe if if we um, by analogy um, I grew up in northern Wisconsin and grew up learning about Paul Bunyan and some of the things that Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox could do uh, were humorous because of the exaggeration. Babe was was so powerful that with the blade of an of uh, uh, a plow, he could plow up the water and uh, plow up the ground and make the five great lakes. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we we know that's absurd uh, because of of the uh, the exaggeration, and this goes on and on and on in the Bible. Well, if you join uh, us late, uh, I'm visiting with Dr. Vince Tollers. We're talking about humor 
in the Bible and, and uh, other things in the Bible as well. Uh, we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to Who's Talking. This is D.G. Martin. My guest is uh, Dr. Vincent Tollers. Dr. Tollers um, is a proud resident today of uh, Carolina Meadows, but uh, he taught for many years in various institutions a little bit further north than here, the, and last as a professor at um, where? SUNY College at Brockport. SUNY Brockport, Brockport in the State University of New York system. And... Is the transition from uh, if you if you were there today it would be kind of snowy I think uh. a little bit uh, <clears throat> Rochester and Brockport uh, are part of the snow belt and uh, that region has a um, uh, contest Buffalo Rochester and Syracuse competing against each other in the snow derby oh really which which uh, city has uh, more than a hundred inches of snow a year, so it's it's a little bit uh, snowier than it is in North Carolina. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. We're talking about humor in the Bible. You've given us a few illustrations, and we'll have many more. Um, I think that you've got in your pocket to share with us. But what to, before we do that, what is what is humor, and how does it work, and does it always make you laugh or? What, what's the what's the deal with humor? Well, maybe we have to uh, think of it as uh, dividing it from from um, uh, laughter. Um, the if we go back to uh, one of the ancient uh, Roman um, poets, scholars, critics, Horace. He says the function of art is to instruct or to teach and delight, and and the um, and when we I'll, I'll talk a minute about comedy, but uh, uh, but when we look well, at is comedy not the same thing as humor? No, it's not. Um, it, it's the the well. Let's look at comedy a minute. The function of comedy really is just to make us laugh, uh, and that's the end of it. That is, uh, you uh, you know, in uh, when you're talking with somebody, and he says, three guys go into the bar and um, and they have a drink, and one does, and so you know this is a comic situation, or um, the um, or, or we, and that, I'll, I'll stop with that, and and so. <clears throat> but the purpose of this, uh, of the joke, ends when you get to the punchline. But the difference between that and uh, humor is that it, humor humor instructs or teaches. And while these stories uh, and uh, about forty percent of the Bible is stories, uh, while they. Um, uh, are short, uh, uh, many of them. Uh, the, there's a punchline to each which teaches and instructs. That is, uh, throughout the Bible. Uh, uh, the, well, talk about, uh, you know, you, you've mentioned before Nicodemus. Yeah. And why, how, what, that's a, is that a comedy situation? Well, is that instructive? Well, that, instruction? that's, 
that is uh, uh, instructive. It's, it's uh, instructive in the sense that that Nicodemus, who has been sitting off to the edge of the crowd, is is the one who was called by Jesus. And many times, Jesus will call the the unexpected person, whether it's it's uh, <clears throat> Saul, the uh, tax collector who becomes Paul and uh, the great defender of Christianity, uh, or or whether it's a a, a a prostitute who's the great savior of the Israelites. Um, Jezebel. Is this humor or comedy? Or but what is it, this? it is, it is uh, we as the reader come to see this as being told, as being instructed by the, the overriding story of God's control of the world and understanding of the world. And in these little tidbits that we get, as I say, sometimes short stories, sometimes much longer, the, the only purpose why they're in the Bible is to, is to reaffirm in different ways um, what God uh, means in the, to his chosen people. Well, you say that the aim of comedy is laughter, right. make you laugh, but, it, but the humor in the Bible is not to make us laugh? Well, it, or, but, it, but it goes beyond it. It makes us laugh, and we remember, we're instructed, we're, we're, we hang on to the story. And uh, to go back to the fishes and loaves, um, the, by, through the exaggeration, which is the humor, uh, what that that brings us to is a memorable point in the story uh, and that uh, we not only laugh, we remember and we're instructed by it. You use in one of your examples <clears throat> the story of Nicodemus yes. when uh, yes. Jesus got him down from the tree. What, right. And you, you say he, um, Jesus might have smiled then, but he didn't laugh. That's so, right. Yeah. What, what, so well, what? Well, the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, and, and so— uh, the, the, the and of course, uh, uh, theologians, preachers uh, uh, look at these stories uh, in many, many different ways and draw different conclusions. But the, the general conclusion is the uh, extension of the um, love of and care of, uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Jesus. Uh, and God uh, of of a person like Nicodemus um, um, is carried in in the, the fabric of the story, uh, and and so uh, uh, we remember this uh, story because of the unusual nature of it. Uh, if you can imagine all the people gathered around Jesus, clamoring for his attention. And here is this fellow up on the tree, uh, and Jesus points to him and says, Nicodemus, come down from, from there. And one, one way we can look at the story is that Nicodemus uh, is, is kind of the outrider, the outsider that uh, Jesus is always concerned about, uh, the, uh, uh, the forgotten people, if you will. And so... Uh, part of the humor, at least to me, is that um, the way Jesus picks the uh, uh, people to convey the message 
uh, and and uh, and so t- to convey it with humor. Uh, if, if <clears throat> um, say, in contrast, if Nicodemus were just uh, one of 50 people in a crowd and he says, Nicodemus, come up here, that would not be as powerful as Nicodemus up on a come, climbing come down, down from a down tree. tree. Yeah. If yeah. you joined us late, I'm visiting with Dr. Vince Tollers and we're talking about humor in the Bible. You know, I'll be right back. Welcome back to Who's Talking. This is D.G. Martin. I'm visiting with Dr. Vince Tollers. Dr. Tollers uh, is uh, Chapel Hill and Carolina Meadows resident, but had a long teaching career in New York, and he's sharing some of his wisdom with us today, mainly about humor and humor in the Bible and laughter. And laughter, is it good or bad? Well, generally, laughter in the Bible has a very dark tone. Uh, it's often uh, cutting, uh, and it, it follows adversity or sorrow, um, or that it's that it's incredulous. Uh, let's let's look at some of these. The business of uh, cutting. Uh, <clears throat> the um, when we go into the uh, Book of Psalms. Um, uh, Psalm 37, the wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them, but the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that their day is coming. So when the, when the Lord laughs, he's not doing this that it's, that it's okay, that it's funny, ha, 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 but he is putting them down. Or uh, in uh, Proverbs, for instance, uh, even in laughter the heart is sorrowing. And the end of mirth is heaviness. Um, the uh, when when we uh, look at uh, uh, adversity, uh, for example, uh, in the book of Job, uh, till he fills the faithful mouth with laughing, and thy lips with rejoicing. Um, the um, uh, the laughter follows on from the uh, Job's tremendous adversity, losing uh, everything except his life. Um, or the great line out of Ecclesiastes, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Uh, their laughter only follows weeping and um and dancing only follows uh, mourning. Um, the or or to uh, one more example, uh, the um, uh, in uh, in the book of Luke, uh, Jesus says, "Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied, and blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh." So we see this sense of adversity or sorrow. Uh, which is uh, relieved by laughter, but it's not the laughter of a joke. But you great- say that laughter has a dark side. Yes, yes. Uh, this is uh, uh, certainly we've seen in uh, writing literature after, say, World War II, uh, what we called uh, dark humor or the, the dark novel. People... Um, like um, Vonnegut or Heller, um, uh, have a, a, a very a very dark view of life 
and uh, we laugh in that dark view, but it's it's not the laughter of of ease and relief. Um, the uh, the one that I love is um, coming out of Genesis when uh, Sarah is told by God or a, a um, an angel of the Lord, uh, Sarah, you're you're going to be a a mother. Uh, and this is when Sarah is a uh, hundred years old. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and so uh, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Well, you can imagine Sarah laughing at a ninety-some-odd-year-old woman. You've got to be kidding me! This is absolutely ridiculous. And so there is a sense of 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 uh, laughter that that um, is is not humorous uh, it's it's uh, we we struggle for uh clear distinctions between uh comedy and and um, and jokes and laughter and humor but uh, there clearly is a distinction and we have to have to work at defining this um the uh, so how do we how do we go about defining it? Um, one of the ways that we've discovered in the study of literature uh, over the last, particularly last fifty or so years, is that we've used these tools that we use to talk about uh, poetry and novels and things. We use them uh, in a in a in applying them to the Bible, and that there is is I think a much more liberal sense, a much more uh, inclusive sense uh, that the Bible is not just something uh, you read on on Saturday or Sunday and um, put it away, but that it has the same features that that uh, can be studied uh, with uh, these tools I mentioned. Some of the older ones, for example, the linguist. Uh, in uh, recent years, uh, one of the great discoveries, the Dead Sea Scrolls, and uh, shortly after World War II, 1946, uh, they discover a bunch of scrolls um, in, um, by the Dead Sea and, uh, and are just uh, scholars are astonished to discover uh, how closely um, the um, uh, text that that uh, had that they had been using for the uh, since uh, the fourth and fifth century, um, uh, how close they are to the to the text which which were written um, um, in the time of Jesus and before, uh, and so. But as we look at these texts uh, and we find new ways to look at them uh, linguistically. Uh, we, we make better translations, and so in the translations, we discover new things. Um, for example, uh, when, when uh, uh, Christ is, is talking about uh, it's easier for a, a rich man if, to get, it's easier for a, a, a camel to get to the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get to heaven. Um, the um, uh, what we've discovered in looking at the language more closely is uh, a camel and a gnat 
uh, are very close uh, in in uh, in Hebrew in uh, in the way they're pronounced and the way they're spelled, and so there is uh, there is to the original listeners they understood that gnat and camel were the same thing, um, and and so. Uh, the reader appreciates that kind of humor there um, and uh, very much along those lines, the older tools that the uh, archaeologists and anthropologists use are, uh, uh, are these, as they uh, dig up, um, uh, find and, and interpret and understand the, the um, uh, the artifacts they have in front of them, they realize um, there's a much, much greater richness in the Bible than just uh, the readings that uh, we historically attributed, like the uh, uh, the camel story. Um, but there's there's a lot of newer tools that are used uh, in in um, in poetry. We look at the at uh, the uh, the Bible. Uh, many, many passages, um, I think of Proverbs and Psalm particularly, and, and uh, the oldest parts of the Bible, um, the um, uh, um, uh, Song of Mary and things like that. We, we are getting more out of the Bible as, as, we, as we use the, the tools that we would use uh, to look at a, at a poem. Uh, um, well, let me just interrupt, yeah. interrupt you to get back. This is something that you emphasized, um, and that is uh, the Roman poet, author Horace, has a contribution to make to help us understand what's going on. Yeah, and, and so to uh, uh, the function of, of um, uh, art, writing, if you will, is to teach and delight and... and um, and, and what we see as we look at, at the Bible and uh, its entirety uh, is that it's a teaching tool. It's not meant to make us laugh. It's made to, meant to make us understand. So when you're a professor and you're giving a lecture, yeah. you might throw in some humor, uh, well, to keep the class awake and then to make, make a— Another point that might not be as easily made uh, without the use of humor. Exactly, and and Jesus used that tool all the time. That that uh, among the several examples I've I've given, uh, the story in itself is is carried by the context and by the the culture, the tradition that the people understand, and um, and that as we as modern readers. Uh, learn more about that. Uh, we we discover uh, the the greater richness in the Bible. Um. Well, let's take a quick break. Uh, if you join us late, I'm visiting with Dr. Vince Tollers. We're talking about a lot of things uh, around the central idea of that there is humor in the Bible, and it's there for a purpose. And we're talking about that, and our conversation will continue after this short break. Welcome back to Who's Talking. This is D.G. Martin. My guest is uh, Dr. Vince Tollers. 
Uh, Dr. Tollers is a distinguished scholar and teacher. Uh, recently, well, not so well, not so very long ago, moved to Chapel Hill and is at Carolina Meadows and is uh, introduced an interesting topic about humor in the Bible. And Dr. Tollers, as you've mentioned, we don't often think about uh, humor in the Bible until we get to it. Right, yeah. I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about situational humor. Um, the um, We don't really know a whole lot about how the, how the Bible was formed. That is, uh, what makes a whole lot of sense to me is that it was first in an oral tradition, and it and it circulated uh, around campfires, kitchen tables, uh, the back of a camel, whatever, uh, on and that through the years the the broader general stories were honed and narrowed down, and so what often makes the situations stand out is how bare the story is, uh, how, how limited the details are, and then conversely how important the details are uh, because of that. And let me give you some examples here. Uh, when uh, part of the humor is the impossible odds, I'll call it, um, and so we use uh, David, David the shepherd boy, who uh, goes to battle against Goliath. I mean, it, it's an absolutely ridiculous story that all of the leaders of, of uh, the Israelites are afraid of, of Goliath. And, and uh, Saul says to David, this uh, childlike uh, boy who comes uh, out of the shepherd's uh, field and says, I'll take him on. And so... Uh, David, uh, very cleverly. The idea, excuse me for interrupting you, but yeah. the idea is this is so ridiculous; it's got to strain your believability. Yeah, exactly, and so it's it, what it what in part what comes out is the story is so ridiculous we remember it, uh, and and uh, and that uh, we remember it in the sense of of God using. Unusual tools and unusual people to carry out his message, and so uh, when David kills Goliath, uh, there is uh, one uh, 19th century uh, painting of him. Goliath's head is about as uh, big as a as a wash tub, and this little boy David, who can barely lift it, is holding up the cut off head of of Goliath, uh, and. I mean, that sticks out. Well, what is the purpose? Is it just to make us skeptical of what the Bible is telling us? No. So that, that can't be true. Well, no, I, I, perhaps it's, it would be offensive to some people and, and not intended to be that. But in many ways, the Bible uses the same tools that, uh, again, uh, like in, in Paul Bunyan or Pecos Bill or uh, some of the stories that come out of our, our myths, we use these stories because they have in them a kernel of truth and that the, the core of the story uh, is memorable because of the context of the story. Uh, the little boy killing uh, the giant, uh, the, uh, the impossible 
um, uh, odds that that uh, are won over um, because of of God's uh, um, uh, blessing and support here. Um, the um, um, and and a part of this oftentimes is carried in this what um, people would call a dramatic reversal. We would we would assume that. Uh, the powerful would always destroy the powerless, but m- many, many times uh, the powerless are the ones who who uh, uh, win, who who prevail here. Um, but th- there's one other point that uh, when I say that there's some details um, in uh, in the story of Jonah. Um, uh, Jonah runs and runs and runs away from God and being his messenger. Finally, Jonah winds up in a whale for three days and he's then spewed out on the shore and, and walks for a mile and a half to the center of Nineveh and, and with seven words convinces the Ninevites to join God. Well, that is a, that's a stretch, but, it's, but what we remember and, and, uh, and as kids, it's often used in Sunday school classes. Uh, Jonah and the whale and, and uh, carrying out uh, God's will through even the most reluctant people, uh, that's what makes the story. That's what makes God so powerful. Uh, well, I wonder in these discussions where you talk about the, what I would use the word exaggeration in the stories of Jonah and David and or are some people uh, criticizing you for saying that the um, Bible, you're suggesting the Bible is not the literal truth, but it's um, something more and less than that? Well, uh, that's always uh, kind of a deep subject, uh, literal truth in that um, the um, – People who, who look at the Bible uh, and 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 try to see it as is uh, that it is the the Word of God, um, yes. But sometimes God uses us in strange ways, and so uh, we 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 find that it's it's not lying. Uh, it's it's not uh, falsehood. Uh, to say that that come on, let's look at Jonah uh, in the whale, but to accept that as the exaggeration carries the story, and that it's the ultimate belief in in uh, in God as as the supreme being um, that is more important than was how how big was the whale, or would the whale fit in Noah's ark, or uh, and and uh, all of the the uh, hyperbole or exaggeration uh, goes on there. Um, there's uh, another piece of this um, that's a part of the of the humor in the Bible is the irony. Uh, the irony uh, I haven't used the word before, but it's it's the irony of the powerless who are powerful. Uh, it's the the irony of the the underdog is really is really the champion, uh, and so we find uh, 
that uh, in many of these graphic details, uh, the carrying of that message here. Uh, so, um, well, I I wish we could continue this discussion, but our time is up. Uh, Dr. Tollers, thank you so much for introducing us to the topic of humor in the Bible, which is something we don't think of. You've persuaded me that there is humor and it's there for a purpose. And I'm going to go back and read some of these passages that you've uh, talked to us. Uh, again, a late welcome, but we're glad you're now part of the Chapel Hill community. Our guest has been Dr. Vince Tollers, and he's talked to us about humor in the Bible. Thanks for listening. This is D.G. Martin, and I'll be back here before you know it.